0: Listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now here's Mark Miller and David Moulton.
1: It is the third and final hour of Miller and Moulton on this Friday in Lake City and surrounding areas, Tampa St. Pete, Port Charlotte to Venice. We are halfway home in the 239. The bonus hour, by the way, will be very local for those in Southwest Florida. FGCU baseball coach Dave Tillette, FGCU women's basketball coach Carl Samesco, both joining us in the bonus hour. Pat Kerwin, kind enough to join us right now. He of NFL Radio's Moving the Chains, Sirius XM's NFL Radio, also part of CBS's NFL Today show. Pat joining us courtesy of Pinchers from Tampa to Key West, over a dozen locations in between. Pinchers, because you can't fake fresh. Top of the morning to you, Pat. How's your week
2: gone? Uh going well. i just messing up with the uh, connecting with you guys. Sorry about that, but there's something in the air and, and the internet and everything else is not working very well. But here we are. Good to be here, my friend.
1: Well, thanks for making time for us, even if you're having to walk around the development to do it. We'll try to keep it to a dull roar if that is the case. Uh, You know, I thought John Lynch said something interesting yesterday. He admitted to having to learn how to do his job. It's something that you have talked about a lot as somebody who had John's job once. You said, and you have for many years— Owners have to learn how to own. GMs have to learn how to GM. Coaches have to learn how to coach. And when the Niners got all those compensatory picks yesterday, Lynch, who's been there now, what, seven years, said, yeah, I got to admit, first few years I had this job, I didn't fully understand it, and there's some things I would have done differently. And now I have the patience to let guys go – and count on getting the draft picks a year later. You don't get honesty like that from a general manager very often, Pat.
2: No, you don't. And remember, John's background is player. And, you know, we are who we are. So he's from the world of player, and he's from the world of that great Bucks group that played late into their careers and then landed up in Denver playing even later. So... In his mindset, guys can play late. And now he's learning what Ozzie Newsom learned a long time ago, and that is let him go. Belichick does it, too, and get the compensatories. But John's compensatories are because they've been doing such a great job of getting the African-American coaches and front office executives prepared, and people have been tapping into their structure, really, and they've got all these picks from developing African-American guys that move on to head coaching jobs and GM jobs, so good for them. They figured it out, um, and they were willing to do all this before all these rewards came in head picks, so my hat's off to the 49ers.
1: Now, granted, they gave up first, second, and third round picks to acquire the likes of Trey Lance and Christian McCaffrey, but... You know, Seattle's record has been documented. Even the Rams, when they won the Super Bowl, had a bunch of day three draft picks on the roster. You know, if you're John Lynch in his new front office, having, what, four third-round picks now and then 11 picks in this draft, I mean, in theory, you can keep on keeping on even if you don't have many picks on Thursday and Friday.
2: Well, He's going to learn a lesson here. If he's studying the history of how this GM job works, he'll study Belichick and how many times Belichick parlayed picks into next year's picks. So when he had multiple picks, first rounds, he'd move to the second round, grab an extra pick for the year after that. And for about eight or nine years, he just kept doubling down on his picks. And I think they have the firepower now to do that. Plus, and not too long ago, the NFL decided very nicely to make compensatory picks tradable. And once they did that, they doubled in value. So, John, if he's, and his, his head coach has clear vision of what he wants and the kind of guys he wants. So, I think John will, you know, pay attention to the marching orders of Shanahan.
1: I don't know if you agree with me. We're talking with Pat Kerwin, Sirius XM's NFL Radio, brought to you courtesy of Pinchers. Z'Darrius Smith and what he's trying to pull in Minnesota. This is very NBA, all right, in which the player just decides, this is what I want, and if it's what I want, it's going to happen. And in the NFL, that hardly ever happens. But we got the cap, and the Vikings do need to cut either him or Harrison Smith to probably get to the cap, and then maybe even something else. And then also, in theory— you know, if you're going to hold on to a guy who basically says, I'm not going to show up at training camp. I mean, Pat, do you end up moving the guy or do you dig in and go, yeah, if I let you get away with this, my life for the next 10 years is going to be miserable.
2: Um, If I need him, I'm not going to pay attention to his, you know, shouting and yelling. I'm just going to know he's going to be here. I'll find him to the full extent and, We changed that law, too. You can't rescind the fines anymore. It took all the pressure off the club because it used to be, well, you know what? Let me rescind it after he finally shows up missing 30 days because you want him to come in. But you can't even do that anymore. So they will make his agent aware, which I'm sure he already knows, what the fine structure will be. And if you stay out the whole summer, you will lose a million dollars. That's what it turns into. And so I think he'll be there. I would... Ignore the I'm um, screaming to be let go and catch unless I wanted him to go. Now, they got an old defense, and I've talked to a couple of the guys who were there last year and the year before. They're too old, and so the problem with age is you can't run fast anymore and you can't recover quickly from injuries. So they need to be purging that thing anyway. The last thing I want is for that player or the other players, and more importantly, their agents, to think. If I scheme and yell, they'll let my guy go. And, you know, let him go in August when, when he's back or something. But don't let him go now. Well, and Pat, you do
1: And, Pat, my argument is, first off, I do think they need to cut Harrison Smith. He's certainly he's worth a third of what he's getting paid now. Even though he's an all-time Viking great, arguably their second-best safety ever. But I, I would move on from him as well, and that's how I would get to the cap. Well. That, that's me. But. I can always trade Zadarius Smith. Like, we're going to have a really sexy group of veteran free agent edge rushers, but somebody's going to get left out, and they're going to go, damn, we didn't get a pass rusher. Well, I could always turn around in July or August and trade him Zadarius Smith.
2: Yes, you can. And it uh, seems like Baltimore had traditionally taken older – oh, and that's right. He was a Raven once, and they love bringing their own guys back, and they've done that before. Uh, But they have no problem with the older pass rushers. And I saw they just hired Chuck Smith. Uh, I'm sure Chuck will tell everyone he can get Dustin Houston to still rush the passer. But let let me make a point to you, though. This is something I discussed yesterday. So when you look at the free agent group, and that's one-third of the league, and growing because of the cap casualties, we're up to 25 of those guys. And many of them are better players than the guys at free agency. But, But here's what I was talking with Mickey Loomis about yesterday you just put into your computer, or like I do, okay, only 28 or younger, there's parameter one, no older than 28, and no less than 80% playing time last year. I want young guys that played. You know how many guys show up in the whole free agency class? 29 in the whole free agency class. And here's the breakdown, David. Quarterback, none. Running backs, none. Wide receivers, two. Tight ends, none. Offensive tackles, four. Bingo. Guards and centers, four. Fullbacks, none. Here we go. Just to your point. Defensive ends, pass rushers, none. Defensive tackles, none. Linebackers, six. And here's why you can let Harrison go. Safeties, ten. Ten.
1: Here's... One counterpoint with that. I know that most of these defensive ends are all between 29 and 31 years old, so they don't qualify for your criteria. But that doesn't mean they don't have one or two more years in them. And you know what? Maybe at that, and maybe at that age, maybe at that age, I only want them playing 60% of the snaps anyway.
2: Well, here it is. 28 and 60% of the snaps. In pass rushers, there's two. In Gokwe, and uh, many of you. So here's the problem with what you said. I, I agree with you. 31 year old guys can play. The problem is they want four year contracts. <laughs> yes, they they do. know they're 31. They don't want just two, they want a third year guarantee. And that's why in free agency, and I learned the hard way, I learned what John's learning. You keep doing 31 and 32 year olds, your team will look like the Rams before you know it.
1: He's Pat Kerwin, SiriusXM's XM's NFL Radio, CBS's NFL Today Show, brought to us once again courtesy of Pinchers. Um, is there any intrigue with this Aaron Rodgers situation anymore, or is it a foregone conclusion he's going to the Jets, it's just the compensation? Or is there actually, from who you're talking to, some doubt as to whether he wants to do it?
2: I think what Rodgers is always doubt. He could wake up tomorrow and think he wants to, you know, Find some mountain, and not come back. <laughs> so, you know, and, and that may happen after he gets there. He, you know, I said this the other day. If you're really recruiting Rogers and you want to make sure he plays, you need to bring him to your place. If he turns you down, nah, nah, I don't want to come, what does that tell you about does he really want to play for you? You think he should want to come in and see where it's going to be and where is he going to live. You know, if I don't have any interest from a any player, in that area, when I ran free agency, it was, it was a big question mark. Like, you know what? We want to bring you and your wife in for a weekend. No, I don't want to. You know what I found out over about five years of doing that? Those guys feel like mercenary soldiers. They're never going to be part of your team. They're going to try to go home on Tuesdays, their day off. And that's, I would be telling him, you know what? Come on in, Rogers. We want to spend the rest of our time talking in our building and bringing you around and seeing where you're going to live. Um, and if he doesn't want to do that, what's it tell you, David? It tells me something.
1: And, Pat, we got less than a minute. You know that organization. You know that market. Can Rogers handle it?
2: Uh, maybe not. Now, the facility is way out in the country in Jersey. Right. It's
1: in Florham so Park, New Jersey. It's the suburbs. It's nice.
2: It's nice, and it's really close to the country. On the other side of it, on the western side, it's, you know, yes. far so much like the hunting over there.
1: Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, it's the closest – it's the only part of Jersey that could resemble Wisconsin. He's like 15 minutes from it.
2: Yes. And, you know, if he likes space and quiet but, – but I, you know what I mean about recruiting him?
1: Yeah, totally.
2: I'm and, with you. First
1: off, if he won't get on the plane and we got to go to break, if he won't get on the plane and come to me, I'm automatically not interested. If he won't even come to Jersey, we're done.
2: Yeah, and you know what's going on while well, all this is going on? The Packers know there's no other team, so they're going to start thinking about, oh, let's get more compensation.
0: Welcome back to Miller & Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network.
1: 21 minutes past the hour. Our remaining moments with Pat Kerwin, Sirius XM's NFL radio. Moving the chains is the show, three to seven weekdays. And during the season, him and Jim also do two to five on Saturdays. I believe they don't do that now after the Super Bowl. Pat, also part of CBS's NFL Today show. They will have the Super Bowl next year in Vegas. Dolphins, by the way, Field Yates first to report a few minutes ago. That they just created eleven million more in cap space by reworking Teron Armstead's contract. So fourteen million they created yesterday, eleven today. That's twenty five million. Pat, that's so that they can go from being at the cap to having some money to sign a few guys. Uh basically they're um this is the Rams and Saints way of doing business, isn't it? Yeah, and you
2: know, so dead money is gonna be it, the, the People have this misnomer that the money disappeared. It didn't. It just got moved to future years. And sooner or later, you're going to cut to Ron Armstead, and there'll be a dead spot of money. So here's the five worst dead cap money teams. That means money that they're being charged against the cap for players who no longer play there. Uh, Chicago, $22 million, but They can afford it. They got space. Tennessee went from 21 to 29 yesterday. Uh, So they're at 29 million of dead cap. Carolina's at 32. The Raiders are 29. And my favorite, the Philadelphia Eagles, at 54 million of dead cap space.
1: Wow. Good thing they don't have to pay their quarterback yet. Yet. One more year without having to pay their quarterback. Uh, By the way, will there be fallout in Baltimore or besides hurt feelings? will it really be business as usual as if he's a safety? I mean, he got tagged, and uh, they're probably not going to be able to work out a long-term deal because both sides are sticking to their proverbial guns. And, you know, what choice does Lamar have? He's got to show up and play.
2: Yeah, he's going to show up and play. His uh, paycheck per game is $1.8 I don't think he's missing any games uh, for starters. Um, and secondly... He acts, and, and the public and the media act like the Ravens did something terrible to him. Now, I've talked to Chris Mortensen about it the other day. Mort goes, come on, Pat, you know what's going to happen here. Nobody's going to put an offer in for him because they think they're just doing the negotiations for the Ravens. Because none of them are going to do a five-year, $250 million fully guaranteed deal. Because if the Ravens turned it down, they'd be stuck with it. So it's going to be very hard for him to get a one-time tender offer from another team in order to get either a match from the Ravens or be set free for two first-round picks. Like, I laugh when people go, well, what about the Dolphins? He lives in South Florida. They don't have a first-round pick. You've covered all this. You know. Um, but here's the funny part, and it is quite funny to me. Hi, this is Lamar Jackson. Is the GM in? I'd like to ask him if he wants me. Yes, <laughs> he has no agent.
1: Pat, is there any wiggle room with the draft pick compensation? I don't just mean for Lamar. you know there were five other guys who got tagged. Does it have to be two so, first round picks, one this year, one next, or is there wiggle room?:
2: Yeah, it's already been pre- there's precedent for that. People have taken less when they really hate the guy. <laughs> they tag him so they can trade him, and there's a big difference. I don't think it's this time Baltimore's tagged them to trade him. They've tagged them to retain them, but if you tag them to trade them, you'll take less, and people have taken less in the past. So, yeah, they could take less, but I guarantee you the Ravens aren't taking less uh, for this guy. Listen, everybody, going to have to deal with it because I would be shocked if an offer comes in.
1: Everyone loves what Seattle did with Geno Smith. You know, he gets half the contract up front in the first year, but they can walk away pretty quickly, which gives them a lot of flexibility. They could draft a quarterback at five. They could, you know, just move on from Gino if he has a bad year. What'd you think, though, about the Giants deal ultimately with Daniel Jones? For this year, his cap hits eighteen, but ultimately he's gonna get his eighty two million within the first two years. That's getting paid.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for the team. So I say this on the air with you a lot. It's percentage of cap. Don't worry about the dollars. The dollars have changed. Cap's grown. Nobody studies the cap growth. You do. The fans don't. and So they don't understand conceptually this is about cap percentage. So here it is, Jones, 8.4% of the cap this year. That's a steal. Next year, 17.6% based on my projections, that's okay. The third year is really interesting. 13.8% of the cap, it goes down 4%, and then it finishes up in year four at 18.2%. So they're never even going to spend 20% of the cap on this quarterback. That's a good deal. har has an interesting parallel deal. 3% in the first year. I talked to Mickey Loomis yesterday, and they needed to do that. Then it goes to 14.5%. Then it goes to 16.4, and then it wraps up exactly where Jones' deal does at 18.2%. So these two GMs know what they have. They have quarterbacks they need and want, and they're never tapping 20% of the salary cap to keep them uh, under contract. So they're a good deal.
1: Pat, I was playing general manager yesterday, and I was trying to envision is there a team – that can make an A.J. Brown-like trade this year. Now, I don't think there's a 25-, 26-year-old wide receiver that is going to be made available. It's possible, but I don't see one today. I know Diggs is making some you know, noise in Buffalo. But how about a Mike Evans who turns 30 this year? D-hops on the market. And I'm wondering, if you're Baltimore at 22, if you're Dallas at 26, is there a receiver out there that is worth the Eagles trade last year with the Titans in which you're like, listen, I'll give you my number one, put this guy on my team. My quarterback needs a number one wide receiver. I wouldn't do it for D hop, but I got to admit, Pat, I would call if I'm Baltimore, I would call the bucks up and say, I'll give you 22 for Mike Evans right now. Yes or no.
2: Well, why, let's go back to why AJ was traded. They were going to cap jail real fast, and they had to. They knew they couldn't afford to sign them, so they were going to get what they thought was premier compensation at the time. And of course, it got the GM fired. Uh, so you're bringing up uh, Mike Evans in Tampa. Did you see their cap situation? Yeah, it's bad. Well, that's why they might be saying yes to that. Um, they are in real trouble. The number one cap charge on their books is Tom Brady, who doesn't even play there anymore, and it's just almost $16 million of cap space. So, yeah, they might be uh, willing to. No, excuse me. They might have to do it. And that's when things get fun. When you have to bail out on a guy, um, then, then you'll see something uh, go on like that. And, you know, I don't like the Ram receivers that would be available, uh, but they're going to have to bail out on people. Uh, Michael Thomas' contract is going to void here, so you can get him without giving anything away if you believe he's healthy enough to play. So there's going to be some receivers. There always are. And you never know. I think we were surprised by Brown last year. What you know, Everyone still tries to get Cooks out of Houston, and I wonder if Diggs ever becomes available in Buffalo. Mr. I complain a little bit too much.
1: Yeah, I wonder as well. If you're Buffalo, I don't think you can afford to get rid of them. But then again, I don't know if you could afford to make them happy.
2: <laughs> well, I thought, I'll tell you what I would do 30 if seconds. You're giant, yeah, you're a Giant fan. I'd wait till they cut deal and then put him on my team.
1: Ooh, ooh, how about that? He's Pat Kerwin, XM's NFL Radio. You'll listen to him today from 3 until 7. And he's also part of CBS's NFL Today show. Pat joining us courtesy of Pinchers. Tampa to Key West, a dozen locations in between. Pinchers, because you can't fake fresh. Pat, have a great weekend. Thanks so much.
2: All right. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend, fellas. Pat Kerwin, kind
1: enough to join us. He'll join us again on Tuesday of next week. The new NFL business year begins lunchtime on Wednesday. Miller and Moulton. Thanks for being with us. Mark will be back on Monday here on the Florida Sports Network.
0: You're listening to Miller & Moulton, exclusively on the Florida
1: Sports Network. 22 minutes until the top of the hour. We go pretty local in the two three nine in the bonus hour. A couple of FGCU head coaches, baseball, women's basketball, base, both nationally ranked. though, by the way, hashtag we know. That's that's the baseball team's hashtag. We'll ask their head coach Dave Tillette about it coming up in about twenty-five minutes time. But in our remaining moments for Lake City and surrounding areas, Tampa, St. Pete, Port Charlotte to Venice, huge hoops day once again. Don't know if it's enough to fire you up. Miami Duke in the semis? Come on now. Well, you're playing for a better seed. I believe this is important. Most people have Miami in a 4-5 type seeding situation. If I'm correct, which oftentimes I'm not, but if I'm correct, Felipe, I think the 12s and the 13s this year, and you know what do you get in the tournament? Five plays the 12, four plays the 13. That the 12s and the 13s this year are going to be excellent, excellent. And so, if you win the ACC, if you're Miami, do you move all the way up to a three seed? I think that would be significant. Why don't you move up to a two-seed? I'm not understanding something. All right. Well, here. I got a bracket right in front of me. All right. I got a bracket right in front of me. Now, you admittedly, neither one of us have Miami's resume, full resume in front of them and what have you. But here's Shelby Mast's right bracket. For the record, he moved UCLA back to a two because one of their best players just got hurt, and he's going to be out. So he's got Purdue back as a one. He's got Texas, Arizona, Baylor, UCLA on the two line. Do you think Miami should be ranked ahead of any of them? No. Maybe not. No. Okay, here's the three line. Tennessee, Gonzaga, Marquette, Kansas State.
0: Yes, they should be a three.
1: Okay, well, first off, name one. And secondly, this is where the rest of these conference tournaments could really play a role. What if Marquette wins the Big East? Tough for Miami to leapfrog them. Most everybody has Marquette ahead of Miami heading into this weekend. All right, what about Kansas State? All right, now I think that's the vulnerable one. You know, Kansas State could end up with 10 losses here. Alright, that's the team that I think Miami, who's only got six losses, although the Florida, you know what's killing Miami right now? Is that Florida, Florida State, State, State loss. loss. Don't even- Absolutely. Yep. They'd be no worse than a four seed with a chance to be a three. In fact, they might even be a three if not for the Florida State loss. Alright. Tennessee. If Tennessee doesn't win the SEC, that means they'll suffer a tenth loss. So, There is room, I think, for somebody on the 4-5 or line, you know, whether it's Xavier, whether it's UConn, Virginia if they win the ACC. You know, remember, we don't have an ACC champion getting a first, second, or third seed right now in Shelby's bracket. We have Virginia with a 4, Miami a 5, all right, and Duke a 5. That's why, you know. Miami and Duke playing tonight, you could argue Winner's going to move up to a four, and then could they move up to a three? Here's why I think it's important. The 12 line for Shelby Mast. Oral Roberts, 30 wins, conference champion. Charleston, 31 wins, conference champion. Drake, a good team, 27 wins. They won the Valley again. They took two out of three from Bradley. This team has tournament experience. They have a good coach. They have a veteran backcourt. This is a better team than the one a few years ago that went to the tournament and beat Wichita State when Wichita State was still Wichita State. That Those are the 12s and Toledo. Toledo's playing Kent State tonight, by the way, in a hell of a game. All right, And the two teams hate each other in a semi. That's the 12 line. Here's the 13 line, the Raging Cajuns, VCU, Patino and Iona, Utah Valley. And they've got Utah Valley as a conference champion. There are those that believe Utah Valley would get in as an at-large. That's the 12 and the 13 line. I'm telling you, a lot of those teams are going to win a game. I can't say much because Miami has been in this situation before.
0: Yeah. In 2018, they had a phenomenal season. They didn't win the ACC tournament, but they had a phenomenal season and they had the pleasure of facing Loyola Chicago in the first round.
1: You know, listen, even on the 14 line, you know, I'm high on Colgate. They're a 14 seed. Furman's a 14 seed. But you know who is also 14? The Anneaters of UC Irvine, Kennesaw State out of the A Sun. You could say that's a big drop off. A couple of the teams on the 14 line versus the teams we just rattled off on the 12 13. And that's why most of us don't pay attention to seeding. Ah, whatever. They're in, they're in. I'm telling you, the fours and the fives are going to have really difficult draws. And the threes are not necessarily going to have difficult draws in comparison. And so that's why the end of these conference tournaments, I feel, have meaning. I mean, this is very nooks and crannies this year, but I'm telling you, you got to, if you're to go far, you got to get out of the first round. And the first round for the fours and fives are going to be hard. Hard. Gritty. So, anyway, Miami Duke tonight, ACC semi. The other ACC semi is probably a play-in game for Clemson. They are right there on the bubble, right there. All right, Shelby for what it's worth has them on the first four outline. Clemson Virginia, and Virginia's playing potent you could see where they could be a 3. You know, so They're in the same boat as Miami. They were exactly.
0: co-regular season champions.
1: Right. So, you know, we got Penn State Northwestern today. Is Penn State in? most people think after yesterday they are eh, but if you lose are you really in what if there's one or two bids that get stolen could Ohio State be that bid could Clemson steal the bid from Penn State which about
0: can, can I can I say something really quick this just, just it it still lingers my brain I think that Miami celebrated a co-regular season ACC championship A little too much. I don't. I don't. How much does that really mean, though? To them, it means a lot. Well, yeah, because you basically secure – you basically punch a ticket in March
1: Madness. Well, no, they were in anyway. But, no, it's a big deal. Listen, there's not been a ton of winning in the University of Miami sports lately. The baseball program ain't what it used to be, all right? Goodness knows the football program ain't back, all right? And that's the second time that they can say we've won the ACC in the last – 11 seasons but is that winning the ACC or is winning the tournament the
0: ACC no 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 I said ACC
1: ACC regular season right it's the second time they've been the one seed can I ask you a question how many times have they played for the ACC championship in football how many (laughs) ACC baseball championships have they won in the last 10 11 years zip all right I I mean yeah yeah Absolutely, you celebrate. We won, damn it. See, ACC, they don't even want us. They don't even consider us part of the conference. All right? Yeah, we won the damn thing.
0: But it's like the President's Cup with the Panthers. That's the vibe that I got from it.
1: Okay. And see, to me, they wanted it home. They had a good crowd. That's another thing. Great home crowd. Miami basketball is a lot like USC basketball. All right? Whenever they get a good crowd... At a home basketball game. That's a big deal. Shout out Category 5. They get like two a year. One of them's UCLA. And then if all of a sudden a good crowd shows up for another game, they're like, I'll be damned. Wow. Okay. So, no. I, you are who you are. You're Miami men's basketball. Don't act like you're Duke. Don't act like you're Carolina. Don't don't, don't You're not Kentucky. You're not Kansas. All
0: right, but no. the job's not finished. It, First off,
1: what are we? What are we playing for? You play to win the game. Yeah, and they did, and they're the one seed in the ACC tournament. That's worth celebrating if you're Miami. Now, if they jump up and down in Duke and Carolina for doing that, you get a little concerned. But at Miami, hell yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I see it differently. I think you got to know who you are. I'm big on knowing who you are. All right. And Miami is not a blue blood in basketball. No. They still think of themselves as a blue blood in football. Okay? Which is hilarious. They're not. By the way. But they could be again. I hear that every year. How about this? How about this? Miami football this year wins the final home game of the regular season to clinch a spot in the ACC championship. All right? All right. And they celebrate like crazy on the field. You got a problem with it? I don't. They haven't done this. They backed into one appearance into the ACC championship game. That's it. I, yeah. Wow, we won, We earned our way into the ACC title game. Okay? We haven't done that before. Now, we thought we were going to do it before. But no. if Miami celebrates in a big way, if they win the final game at home to qualify as one of the two best teams in the ACC – in which this year, by the way, preseason, Clemson and Florida State are both going to be in the top 10. So Miami's not expected to go to the game. Second year under Mario? Hey, we're back competing for conference championships again? All right, that probably, by the way, if does if it does not guarantee you a spot in the future of being in the playoff, would put you right there, right there. That'll be a BFD coming up here real soon. You qualify for the conference championship game. Forget the fact that if you win it, you're automatically in. Just getting into the game puts you right there as to whether or not you've already qualified for the playoff. Yeah, celebrate the hell out
0: of it. I just wish it wasn't co-champions. Which, again, there's nothing the Hurricanes can do about it. The Cavaliers have the same record. who had the one seed?
1: And they played once this year. Who won? Uh, Miami. Okay. then I, Honestly, then why were they co-champions? They had the same record. But that's why Miami got the one. I could argue, by the way, it's the worst draw. They had to play Wake Forest and Greensboro. Now they're playing Duke.
0: You know, in 2000, Florida State and Miami had the same record in football, but only one went to the National Championship. Yeah, but
1: the computer was involved there. And, you know, <laughs> to, air, to air is human, but to really blank things up, you need a computer. Yeah, But so – Listen, to me, yesterday was an awesome day. There was like 10, 12 games that involved teams uh, until 1, 2 in the morning, too. I mean, some West Coast games. Boise State wins in overtime to guarantee their spot into the field. Arizona State held off USC to guarantee their spot, I believe, in the field. I think the last two weeks – Arizona State beating Arizona on the road and USC on a neutral floor. I think Arizona State has played their way in. By the way, I think Bobby Hurley's leaving. I think Bobby Hurley's going to head east. Wouldn't shock me, Georgetown, St. John's, if one of those jobs goes Rick Pitino and the other job goes Bobby Hurley. What about would Syrac- not shock me. What about Syracuse? Okay. They already named Autry. So, just throwing that out there. He's entering the final year of his contract. Him and his AD hate each other. Have a feeling, Hurley, make the tournament and leave. And the AD will be like, don't let the door hit you. So, just throwing that out there. But the action continues tonight. Yeah. Terrific. Terrific. Bunch of games. There's still some bubble teams who need a win. You know, Clemson playing Virginia in the ACC semi probably needs a win. Vandy's playing Kentucky in the SEC. Vandy, I'll tell you what, this is one of you want to talk about a team that was D-E-A-D three, four weeks ago, and they have done nothing but win games. And they beat LSU yesterday, and now they got a shot at Kentucky. And I'm telling you, Vandy's a potential bid stealer. Vandy's got a better chance of stealing a bid than Ohio State does. I'm just saying they have—they really
0: have been
2: on
1: fire. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. And so, and goodness knows the SEC is winnable. So Vandy beats Kentucky tonight. Don't be surprised if they're like last team in. Just throwing that out there. But a lot of college troops, obviously, going on this time of year. Pay attention to Twitter, really, because NFL teams are clearing out cap space. If you missed it, the Dolphins already this morning clearing out about $11 million worth of room and rearranging Teron Armstead's contract. They did not get rid of him, they just gave him some upfront cash and kicked the can down the road. So, who are they going to sign? They're doing this to sign someone, yes. sign people. Uh, believe it or not, A, I think they need an interior offensive lineman, and B, I think they need a linebacker, maybe even two. And I think Vicks got his eye on a couple of Broncos who are going to be let go. And it wouldn't shock me if they need a running back. I think right now they technically only have one on the entire roster. Yeah, most are. so, So that's why I believe they've freed up $25 million in the last 24 hours. They're up to something. Miller and Moulton. For those listening along the network, have yourselves a great weekend. For those in the 239, the bonus hour is next.